You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. Ben, why should anybody listen to Blockbuster Mentality? I mean, seriously, why should any of these people that we've interrupted while they're listening to their favorite podcast check us out or even turn off this show and go straight to our show? That's a great question, Dave. People should listen to us because we point out the most important details of movies and television. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about the really important stuff like Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru in Star Wars. What exactly are their living quarters underground? But it's not just that, Ben. We produce high quality audio that is exactly right Dave because we will have my daughter interrupt us on every single episode <laughs> and we have an amazing stars in popcorn rating system we measure on quality and entertainment value listen to blockbuster mentality every Monday on all major podcast platforms and connect with us on Twitter at blockbustercast so grab some popcorn grab some snacks we'll catch you guys at the movies My name is Oliver Queen. My name is Barry Allen. You're blind, but you see so much. Everything we've been doing, it all leads here. Suit up. Jim Gordon, GCPD. I hear good things about you, Counselor. Harvey Dent, likewise, about you, Detective. You think you know me, but I've never been more than what each of you has created. <laughs> Just look at the flowers. Welcome back for another episode of Televised Heroics. Daniel, we've made it to week three. Really? Week three? I thought we were at week four. Are we on week four? No, I think we're on week three. Oh, well, then, yeah, week three. <laughs> week three of the return. Uh, we're going to be talking about Krypton all of season two, and then the news that go along with it. Aww. Aww. And then uh, we're going to talk about episode three of Pennyworth, because that show is fucking amazing. Um, but we got to get through some news first before we get to that so let's talk about some news not not a whole lot of news this week pertaining to our shows that we we like to watch and cover but we are going to get agents of shield season seven patrick warbutton is going to be coming back as agent rick stoner if you remember from last season season five uh, he was the hologram that was like from the 1960s <laughs> that kept telling them like, it's okay, sport, you know, kind of thing over and over. Like, I thought that was great. So uh, do you think he's going to be returning as the hologram again? Or do you think it's going to be like the aged up version of that, of the whoever made that uh, hologram? I don't think it's going to be the hologram. No? No. Why not? Just uh, again, since there's going to be a lot of time travel in this season, it seems like. Um, oh, that's, you know, I keep forgetting that. Yeah, you're right. I think they're actually going to go through that era, you know, meet him. I mean, that that's going to be pretty cool. I hope so. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I love Patrick Warburton. I think, uh, you know, at the height of his big career, at, you know, being like the tick, uh, he, he's what he's also the voice of. Um, uh Samson, right? Brock Samson? Brock Samson, um Joe Swanson on Family Guy. Oh yeah, that's right. And he was a uh, Kronk in uh Emperor's New Groove. <laughs> that was so long ago. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh I mean I'll always remember him as Putty from Seinfeld, so there's there's always that, but um <laughs> yeah, I mean obviously traveling through time is gonna be a very interesting last season for Agents of Shield. 
anything in particular you you want to see when they come to an end with that show? No, I guess like right now, like just the biggest question I have is why all the time travel? Do you think it's a response to the fact that in-game was a whole bunch of time travel? Could be. I mean, that would make a lot of sense now that you bring that up. I didn't think about it. I mean, they did try time travel the season before um, for season five. Yeah, like they went yeah. to the future and then had to go back in time to get back to their normal time. But I would say that's it's 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 kind of weird that both the MCU movies and the MCU TV show, like the one of the only official MCU TV shows, I would have to say, actually had to do time travel around the same time. So I don't know. I wonder if we'll, we'll run into anything that like consequences from the from in-game time travel in the time travel for Ages of Shield. Like you could see uh, Daisy and and uh, you know Fitz like having to run into I don't know Cap at one point. I doubt. I mean, I don't think they're going to get Chris Evans to show up on the show, but like you know him showing up in in Peggy Carter's time or something. Well, you already uh, basically burst that bubble that Chris Evans will probably not come back. So, you know, that yeah. probably won't happen. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I mean, it's it, it's probably just not, not going to happen, which is, is fine. But you can, ha- they, we do know, we knew, we talked about it last week. Peggy Carter is going to be coming back. So maybe she'll be like, oh, I got to get home to Steve kind of thing. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Flash season six. I guess we missed this story, but back in San Diego Comic Con about a month ago, uh, showrunner Eric Wallace said that Kid Flash, Wally West, is going to be showing up in season six of Flash. So I don't think it's going to be he's going to be a regular for the whole season, but he might show up as a special guest in a couple episodes. Um, The exact quote is, "Let's bring back Wally. Let's bring Wally West back." Why don't we do it this season and have Kid Flash and Flash fight one of the greatest Flash villains? I mean, who do you consider one of the greatest Flash villains? I don't even know because I always considered, you know, the the rogues their uh, you know, his greatest Flash villains. Yeah, I mean, we we are we already had Captain Cold and he's dead. We have Heatwave, he's with the Legends. Um we have Prankster but we already defeated them, both of them. Yeah. Um, who else do we have? Uh, uh, weather Wizard. Weather Wizard. So we already beat three Weather Wizards at this point. Yeah. Uh, and um, and you I guess know, Reverse Flash keeps coming back. Reverse but... Flash keeps coming back. So I guess that's the, the greatest Flash villain, but we've already seen them fight the, that guy. Why, why wouldn't they just say Reverse Flash? I don't know. Maybe they're going to say like, oh, no, this villain isn't, you know, the reverse slash or zoom or thon and then in the end it's gonna be you know fun i guess technically we haven't had inertia yet that's true we haven't i mean but that's a bart villain um we had the top yeah i think it was only like one episode we've had mirror master oh i mean actually they spent they they changed the top to a female right yeah yeah they made top female and she was in a relationship with mirror master yep so, I don't know. We'll see, we'll see who they bring out to have uh, Kid Flash and Flash fight. That could be interesting. It can. I hope it is. I mean, do you want more Kid Flash? 
You know, it, he never really bothered me. It was uh, more when the only time he really did bother me was when there was going, uh, you know, the ongoing family drama. But that's pretty much it. Other than that, I have no problem with him. Okay. So in the TV show or in the comic books, you know, when we had New 52, they created a new um, Kid Flash, a new Wally West, which was the Wallace West that we kind of have in this TV show. And then then when Rebirth came about, they brought back the pre-52 Wally. So then we had two Wallies. Is that a thing that you think that could happen in this show? They bring, <laughs> they bring in another kid to be the new a new Wally? Yeah, the possibility's there. I don't see why not. Yeah, that's a possibility. We haven't had a Bart yet, though, right? No. That would be interesting. Oh, I mean, I guess technically we had... Well, I, it's, Bart's not the same as, as Nora, because Nora's their kid, but if they had their grandkid, their grandson, Bart... I mean, he kind of Nora as XS kind of was the same as Bart as as Impulse, because uh, similar powers and whatnot. Similar powers and similar attitude of just always rushing in to do things without thinking them through. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if they ever bring in Bart. Who knows? Do you know who uh, Garfunkel and Oates is? Yes. <laughs> so one half of Garfunkel and Oates, Kate Micucci, is going to be in the season premiere or season five premiere of Supergirl. That is awesome. Yeah. I mean, I enjoy her. I think she's funny. Uh, let's see. She's amazing. And so sparkly uh, says the executive producer, Jessica Queller. Um, I don't know if it actually has a small cameo as a character working in a museum. I don't know okay. if we exactly know who she's going to be playing, but that's kind of cool. Yeah. And then they're probably going to turn her into a future villain later. You think that's what it is? I mean, <laughs> how do you just have her show up as a small cameo character, as a person in a museum? Like, she's not big enough to be just a stunt cameo, but then she's not small enough to just be in the background either. All right. So that's going to be interesting. Uh, let's see. Here's some other season five casting news you might have missed earlier this summer. Ju- Julie Gonzalo uh, is joining Supergirl in the series uh, series regular role of and- Andrea Rojas, aka Arcada, the new co-owner of Catco Worldwide. Um, her character is described as polished businesswoman and heir to the Central American tech empire, uh, now making a hostile advance into the world of media. Um, Staz Nair is also joining the show as a series regular, slipping into the newly newly created role of William Day, a hardened reporter with connections to National City's criminal underworld. Uh, Let's see. Jennifer Chion Garcia will guest star in the premiere as the murderous villain Midnight, who has been released from an otherworldly prison to enact revenge. Oh, we talked about that one because we talked about how it's kind of the same as uh, uh, other... Yeah, as uh, well, not just Rain, but as the first season when they had that prison from the that prison ship from um, the negative zone or the phantom zone that came yeah. through and people were getting through. So, and then we 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 kind of it's not really about the show itself, but it's about one of the cast members is Makad Brooks, who's le- we we talked about how he's leaving. He's going to be Jax in the Mortal Kombat movie coming up. Woo! <laughs> 
That's I think that's pretty interesting. I mean, obviously, I said the last time I saw someone portraying Jax, I believe it was in the YouTube uh, Machinima sh- series where they had uh, Michael Jai White playing Jack. So, and those were good too. Those were good. I liked those a lot. And obviously, they're going to go with a little bit of a younger cast if they're going with Makad Brooks, which I'm okay with. Yeah, um, you know he wasn't that bad um, in in Supergirl. Uh, he can do stunts, and um, yeah, I'm all for it. And we talked about like we talked about it before. They just didn't really use him enough. Like as a character jimmy olsen just wasn't being used in that show right so um just you know to provide support and be a background character and i mean even in the crossovers they weren't really using him either oh not at all i mean we had the one uh was it crisis on earth x where we saw him as like a more traditional looking guardian almost captain america looking guardian but other than that yeah, we didn't we they didn't use him at all. Yeah, that's a shame. Yeah. Uh over on the arrow side of the Berlanti verse on CW, Kate Cassidy Rogers, who plays um Laurel Lance on on and off again, has pitched to CW Upper Brass a Birds of Prey spin-off show. So, I mean, we have <laughs> What, three different Black Canaries in that universe right now? Um, you have Laurel Lance, who has been Black Canary and Black Siren. We have Dinah Lance, or I'm sorry, Dinah um, Drake, who is is our current Black Canary. And then we have um, Sarah. <laughs> Why can't I think of Sarah's name? Uh, who? Katie Lotz. Katie Lotz, thank you. Katie Lotz, who plays White Canary on Legends of Tomorrow. Um, I wouldn't want her to leave Legends of Tomorrow to do a Birds of Prey spinoff show, but it would be cool to have a Birds of Prey spinoff show. Yeah, it would. I, I just want to bring it up, though. Wasn't this like a failed attempt back in the late 90s, early 2000s? It was. So uh, I forget I forget what other show was on at the time. I think it was they tried doing it at the same time as Smallville, which so it would have been early 2000s. Um, they had a Barbara Gordon as Oracle. They had a Black Canary, and they had a Huntress. So they went with the the scenario of Huntress that was Batman and Catwoman's daughter from pre-Crisis on Infinite Earths timeline. Um, okay. And then instead of Black Canary being a martial artist vigilante with a sonic cry, they turned her into a telepath that kind of was able to attack people with a uh, psionic cry. Okay, that's a little bit odd, but okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you could see where that show didn't do so well. Um, it was kind of all over the place. But if they were able to do this, if they made this show in the vein of the comic book, the way the comic book, you had a, your Barbara Gordon, you have your your Black Canary, you have your uh, uh, Blackhawk, Lady Blackhawk, you can throw in Poison Ivy, you could throw in, uh, who else is on that team? I think Harley is every once in a while, but like you could, obviously you're not going to get Harley and Poison Ivy, but you can get other characters in there. Yeah. I'd be all for it. Yeah, I would too. And I mean, uh, they didn't tell off. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was going to say you can re- go ahead and reintroduce uh, Huntress because uh, they haven't used her in a long ass time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Reintroduce Huntress. Um, 
I would, and I would totally make it like an international team. Like, don't have them just stay in Star City or wherever. Just have them go all across the globe. Like, maybe they're following, they're they're going after Inner Gang or something. You know? Yeah. I think that that would be pretty a pretty cool show. That'd be awesome. Uh, John Burrowman. Did you know that he's coming back for season eight of uh, Arrow? About time. <laughs> well, it was leaked by Stephen Amell, I guess, earlier in the week, accidentally. Um, <laughs> but uh, since it's been leaked, Barrowman went ahead and took a picture of his his uh, on-sets chair and put it out on his, uh, I want to say, Instagram, probably. And just, uh, you know, confirming that he's going to be in uh, Arrow Season 8. So we're going to see Malcolm Merlin come back. We, we did see... A picture of Tommy Merlin already. Uh, I think Stephen Amell put that on his Twitter as well, or maybe yeah. his Instagram. Yeah, which is awesome that we're gonna have both of them back. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, yeah, we didn't see uh, we didn't see Malcolm at all this season, and I thought that we were. I mean, yeah, that is interesting. We didn't see him at all during. We saw him during the Elseworld. Oh, that's right. That's about it. So, I don't know. I mean, I know, I know John Berman loves loves to play the character. He just loves to be on TV, I think. <laughs> he likes to be in things. So, that, uh, he's a constant performer, which is awesome. Um, I'm all for it. I, I don't know exactly how big of a role he's going to have. It might just be one episode or two episodes or something. If he's Since he's already dead, because he is dead, right? He stayed dead after that... Uh, season of legends of tomorrow right uh yeah i think you're right about that actually maybe that's why he didn't come back how would you like him to appear in this season eight lazarus pit Ooh, i mean he was the head of the league of shadows for a while so he would know where the lazarus pits are yeah hmm I don't know. I don't know how i'd want him to appear in this show maybe it's maybe it's going to be like some kind of gauntlet that Ollie's going to have to go through and but like it's all psychological so it's going to be in his mind that he sees Malcolm I mean we've had that happen already but yeah if they do that again sure why not sure why not it's season eight we got to bring back all the hits I forgot um season eight's only going to be was it eight episodes or ten episodes ten episodes so I from what I understand is that we talked about it last week, how they're going to have the three episodes for the crossover before Christmas break, and then two episodes for the crossover after Christmas break. And I think no. you're going to have, you're going to have one more episode of arrow after those two episodes of the, of the crossover. So there's supposed to be 10 episodes total. Nine episodes of that is going to be no eight episodes of that is going to be, um, arrow. And then two of them are going to be in the crossover. I think. Okay. I think that's how it's supposed to go. Crazy though, yeah. Finally ending, yeah. I mean, eight seasons. I, I get it. People, I mean, and now, like I mean, we're about to talk about, Stephen Mel has his next project lined up. So, yeah, which is awesome. Good for him. <laughs> Good for him. Yeah, I actually, I thought when he said that he was going to be done with Arrow, I thought he said he was he was just going to like be done for acting for a little while. I guess, uh, you know, he wants to make sure that, you know, he's still receiving a paycheck so he doesn't starve. <laughs> I mean, he has that he has that wine company. Oh, that's right. Have, you ever, have you ever had that wine? No. 
I don't drink wine, so I haven't, but you should try it since you like to drink wine. Yeah, eventually. But yeah, in all honesty, I did forget he had a wine company. Knocking point, as in arrows. Um, Yeah. Um, As we're about to talk about, Stephen Amell has a new show. It's going to be on Stars. It is a wrestling drama called Heels, as in uh, when you turn heel in wrestling. You're either a heel or a face, and it means you're either a good guy or a bad guy. You know, the crowd either loves you or the crowd hates you kind of thing and uh it says that he will be um a character by the name of jack spade i believe let me see if i can find it here somewhere uh yeah jack jack spade i I see see i see jack i don't know if i see the spade part but anyways uh emil will star as jack the charismatic villain or heel of the duffy wrestling association outside the ring he is he's it's hardworking owner, a husband and father trying to make ends meet while fighting to, to re- realize his impossible dreams. He has the mind of an artist and the body of a warrior and a Steve Jobs Ian need for perfection and for control. He says he'll do whatever it takes to build the DW or DWA into an empire. Um, we, we saw him during his, uh, you know, time as arrow as oliver queen do a couple matches for the wwe so i guess yeah. he really fell in love with that uh with that world is the best way to put it i guess so <laughs> uh, i think what you said on facebook when we posted the story is is probably correct it's 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 unfortunate that uh we won't see him in a more comedic role it's 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 always going to be a lot of brooding for him yeah, and it's just, uh, I don't want him to play, you know, this character the same as, you know, Ollie. Um, I mean, I never saw the Ninja Turtle sequel because the first one was garbage. Oh, that's right. Uh, he was he was Casey Jones. He wasn't bad as Casey Jones. He had a lot of smiling going on. You might <laughs> like it for that. Okay, maybe I'll go back and watch it, but I don't know if I can, if I can do it. <laughs> okay, that's fine. But yeah, I just feel like his career is just to be constantly brooding. Uh, I mean, sometimes you get you get pigeonholed into a role, but at least that means you have you're getting you're getting work, right? That's true. <laughs> it's better than not getting work. Uh, okay, last story we're going to talk about. I mean, well, first, are you excited? Are you going to watch Heels? I mean, once again, not a show that we're going to talk about on this, but interesting because we talk about Stephen Amell and Arrow. Um, if somebody watches it and, you know, um, cause I currently have stars. So, if, and somebody watches it, they tell me it's good and, you know, like it's a must see then Yeah. I'll go ahead and give it a shot. Okay. All right. Well then we'll, we'll have to see how it goes. I think it's not like till, not till like next spring or something. Ugh. Okay. It's, it's going to be a while. Are, are you planning on watching it? Uh, I'll probably give it a try. I, I want to give shows on on stars more chances, but I always end up missing them for some reason. But I mean, you watch American Gods. Did you miss that? Or I, well, see, that's the thing. I watched the first season, and I have the whole second season recorded. I still have yet to watch it though. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I watched the first episode of the second season. I just haven't gone back to it. I'm almost done with the first season. Mm. Well, you have to tell me what you think. All right. <laughs> so we're going to talk about. Krypton season two, all of season two, but 
that's all we're going to get. Like, Krypton is done. It's being canceled by Sci-Fi. Okay, technically, we don't know if it's done because they. I guess the, the showrunner says that they're shopping it around other places, which I could see it going to HBO Max, which is the w, Warner Brothers streaming app. Or it should just go straight to DC Universe, which would be a good idea since they already play the seasons there. But Krypton has been canceled at Sci-Fi. And so has the spinoff Lobo show, which which is so weird because at the beginning of season two, they were just all about that show. They were like they didn't even air the episode of that had Lobo in it. And they were like, oh, yeah, we're going to give him his own show. And, you know, I don't blame them at all because Lobo, different from his comic book counterpart, was just phenomenal, though. I enjoyed Lobo and it's a shame. Yeah, no, he was great. Um, They definitely went more more Deadpool with him than than I would expect. Like Lobo d- is a little crazy and he's a little out there and, and stuff like that, but they went they went out there with his character, and which was fine. He, he came off great. So yeah, yeah, but that show's not going to happen now because Krypton's not happening anymore. Uh, and it just sucks because of all the setting up that they did and all the Easter eggs and stuff they did at the you know season finale. Yeah, yeah, that's. And you know that's it, it's it, it's it's insane because Cameron Cuff is actually a huge Superman fan. Like he was a big fan before starting the show. Um, at San Diego Comic Con this year, I was walking down the main street that's outside of the convention center, and Sci Fi Channel had um, a parade going on essentially, and they had Orlando Jones like as, as the parade um, leader. And they got to his throne, which I guess they made him the sci-fi channel uh, king of Comic-Con or whatever. And he had Cameron Cuff come up there and join him. And he said, okay, now who can who thinks they know more about Superman and will have uh, can go like on a um, pop quiz against uh, Cameron Cuff? And, you know, people raised their hands and someone went up there and he got every question right. Like he knew his shit about Superman damn yeah it was it was insane <laughs> wow never would have guessed yeah i mean the, the guy the guy knew his stuff so it's 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 unfortunate like this show having to do with the grandfather of superman is not a character that you really get all into in the comic book so they had real free range to just do as much as they wanted with that show you know what i mean yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, and it started, you know, he started from the bottom and, you know, eventually ended up getting, I guess, binded uh, into, you know, uh, rich family being able to get his uh, status again. Right. Because uh, his, the fa- the status of, of the L house had gone away because his parents were co- like convicted of treason, so to speak. Yeah. And, you know, they really worked up the story and um, pretty much I believe you told uh, when we talked about it last time, the first season that you said that this was pretty much all the the show was pretty much canon, which was awesome because they, if it is all considered canon, they basically wrote all of his, you know, story and it was great. And it's just a shame that they're canceling it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, 
obviously it had to do with time travel. And I think at, 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 at the end of season one, you're essentially just going into its own new timeline. Like they've, they've created a new timeline because Zod comes back in time to take over Krypton so that his Krypton can survive as opposed to being destroyed. Like it, it has been in our timeline. And, uh, as you see with the Cape that they were using throughout all of season one, um, it turns into a, uh, Zod symbol on the back. Instead of an L symbol, which is insane because then now you find out that General Zod or what was it? Drew Zod? Drew. Yeah. Is the son of Seg L and Lyda Zod, right? It was Lyda. Yeah. Or was it Nisa? No, Lyda. Lyda. Yeah. Yeah. So that would make Superman Zod's nephew, um, which was just insane. Insane to think about. Right. And, you know, for them, you know, they're such rivals. And for them, that was just a total mind blowing moment for me when I was like, what? They're related? Yeah. I mean, to have to have him be the son of Segel, uh, the brother to Jor-El, that's uh, I mean, in technically in that timeline, he hadn't even been born yet. Right. Like him, Lyda and, and, and Seg hadn't had a child yet, but. This is their child who's older than them coming back in time to be like, hey, I'm your kid. You should support me in, in ruling Krypton kind of thing. Yeah. And, oh, man, this this season was all over the place, but in a good way, though. Yes. I felt so, too. Like, it it really went in a bunch of different directions. We had, we had rebel factions. We had uh, totalitarian government. We had... Doomsday, we had uh, Lobo, Brainiac still around. The very end of it teases uh, Darkseid. But see, you know what the thing is? is I said Darkseid too, but then I think I saw an article the other day that said that that actually was teasing the Omega Men, not not, uh, Darkseid. That's interesting because whenever you see... um, An Omega symbol. You think of Darkseid because that's the symbol, you know, that usually see with him yeah and i think that's what they wanted they want you to think dark side but then they were going to pull it pull the rug from underneath you and, be, and think the omega man because uh they probably just weren't going to use dark side but it was just like a cool misdirect i guess yeah and i mean but all the creatures in the sky look like parademons you're right they did but they didn't they didn't go up close i guess so you they could it, they could have been totally let me see if i can find the article it could have been just the omega men that were flying around uh, okay let's see krypton set up the omega man for season three but now will never happen just two days after the finale aired uh in what now will be considered krypton series finale nissa vex wallace day takes Adam Strange's Zeta Beam device and teleports to Ran on a mission to find Star- Sardeth, uh, believing that he can help her find Jor-El. Uh, right before seeing a group of winged men flying above, Nyssa notices an Omega symbol painted in red red on rock wall. Uh, no explanation of the symbol is given, but the primary conclusion is drawn is that Superman prequel series was getting ready to introduce Omega Man in season three. Okay. Well, I guess I was wrong. No, it this does this is a this is a think piece. This is nothing to oh. this isn't official. Let me see, wait. Oh. 
Uh, Krypton introduces the Omega Men makes sense considering that during season one, Krypton star Cameron Cuff confirmed in a tweet that the Omega Men exist in Krypton's universe. DC uh, Vice President Dan Evans has also suggested the possibility of the Omega Men appearing at some point. So I still say it could have been Darkseid. I'm with you. Those could have been parademons. I think what you're... The, the what they can say is that those flying men in the sky would have been uh, Hawkmen since Ran and Thanagar are supposed to be so close together and they're usually in war. Uh, Thanagar would have had, you know, winged people too. Yeah. But now, uh, you know, we'll never really know what those flying creatures were and uh, we won't know what's going to happen to Nyssa. And then sadly... Um, I guess Brainiac is going to start a different timeline because he's going to take uh, Jor-El to Earth. No, Brainiac took Jor-El. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Brainiac is taking Jor-El to Earth. Yeah, uh, apparently that got leaked too this week was that you would have uh, the the season one premiere, or not season one, season three premiere, episode one would have showed... Uh, Jorel saving people on Earth, like as Superman, like as a version of Superman, kind of thing. That's so, pretty cool. Yeah, they were gonna. Uh, Brainiac was definitely gonna change the timeline so that uh, Jorel went to Earth and and became Superman. As we saw at the end of the season, you know, he, the Brainiac has his ship and uh, Jorel is in his little carrier, and then they. He says, we're set course to where we're going. And then the course shows itself and it shows Earth. Yeah. I wonder what he had planned by taking Jor-El to, uh, you know, to Earth. I would, I, would, I would believe that if you get Jor-El to Earth and he's going to raise Jor-El as his own, he makes it so that they are, the Earthlings are more susceptible to aliens because this alien comes and starts helping everybody and saving everybody, but then gives them the, you know, the fake, uh, confidence or, or, or feeling of protection. And then he's going to turn right around and conquer them. Like he, like Brainiac does. Well, you know, Brainiac takes a, a piece of the, of the, the world and then destroys the rest of it. Okay. So I think that's what it would have been. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but that would, I mean, that essentially that would mean that we would have to have Seg himself show up at Earth to defeat Brainiac, right? So yeah. season two or season three would have had to have been about globe or not globe trotting, but galaxy trotting. Because uh, you would need to go to Earth to get Jor-El. You would have to go to Rand to find Nessa. You would have to probably end up going to, um, uh, uh, so, I don't know, maybe they would have went to Oa. That would have been cool. That would have been awesome, or, too. Or Thanagar. But we'll never know. <laughs> Not unless DC Universe or Warner Brothers app, uh, HBO Max, picks it up. Crossing my fingers. <laughs> I mean, I don't see why not. I, 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 I don't I, I don't know the numbers the show was doing. I, I can't. So I can't speak to that. But I know it was critically, you know, light. Like, people were talking a lot about it. Like, the the ratings were really bad, actually. Or not the I'm sorry, the the views were really bad. Oh, really? Yeah, they were really low. Did, did you see that somewhere? Yeah, um, I looked it up the other day when I found out when it got canceled. I oh, mean, excuse me. 
Let me take a look. What, like, is it bad in comparison to other sci-fi shows, or is it bad in comparison to like network shows? Because cable shows always have worse numbers than uh, network shows because less right. people see them. Okay. Well, I mean, it was. Uh, this is comparing season two to season three of The Expanse, which also got canceled. The what? Oh, The uh, Expanse. Yeah. So, but wasn't season three of The Expanse on Amazon? I don't know. Okay, well, go ahead. Um, so the first uh, season three, episode one of The Expanse, um, zero point six five three. Basically, this is in in million. million. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then um, the season two premiere, Krypton, was zero point four eight. Oh, so they went. So they had six hundred thousand to four hundred thousand. Yeah, and then um, in Zod we trust. That was the lowest point, which was uh, 0.370. Wow. I feel like, I, I mean, I, I really feel like the show wasn't advertised well. Um, also, being on Sci-Fi Channel is not a great place for it. I mean, it makes sense to be on there because of the content, but like, I just don't feel like it, it, was, a, it was the best place for it. Probably, I mean... Obviously, CW wouldn't be a good place for it either, even though that's where we're getting a lot of our, uh, you know, DC stuff. Yeah. Uh, maybe like TNT would have probably been like if we're going to do cable, TNT would probably have been a good one or USA channel. Well, I mean, it was I did. I know I know they did the first episode on USA as well to, to like get people to watch it. But because mm-hmm. USA and sci-fi are both owned by Universal. Um, yeah. TNT might have been a great a good idea. They just had like a whole day worth of Warner Brothers. They I just watched part of uh, Batman v Superman on it the other day, and then they went right into Wonder Woman. So obviously they have a relationship with Warner Brothers. Uh, I think TNT yeah. would have been great uh, if they could talk to FX. I, I mean, probably not, but if you could talk to FX, that would have been a good place for it too. Yeah. Um, FX or I mean, Epics could have done a good job too. <laughs> yeah, Epics probably would have been a great idea. I mean, if we're doing Pennyworth there. Yeah, and also for this show being rated uh, TV fourteen, when Doomsday was tearing apart a lot of the um, people on on the moon, uh-huh. holy crap, he went ham, and it was brutal as hell. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, they didn't shy away from the from the brutality. There was there was a lot of there, there was a lot of. I mean, we saw people getting their limbs and arms shut off in the show. Um, the one thing I think de- definitely hurts it uh, is the the love triangles. Now we talk about that a lot in these these yeah. type of shows, but like the whole Nissa Lyda Seg thing for two seasons was just a, a bit much. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, in a weird way, it was Dev, uh, Jada Zod, and Lyda Zod. I know, that was kind of weird, right? Dev kind of being romantically linked to both mom and daughter. Yep. And he's like, <laughs> well, I had it all, you know, but then I found out that you were a clone, and so I needed somebody else to kind of fill that void, so I went to your mom, and I was just like, what? <laughs> Uh, yeah, there was that, I mean, I guess towards the end of the season between Lyda, Nyssa and, uh, Seg, they kind of became the, the more new normal for family. Whereas like, Hey, 
I understand that you have a kid with, you know, this other lady. And as long as we're all being civil, we can all be a family together kind of thing. Like, I know we didn't get that much with Nessa because she's like just waking up from a, from being in a coma and someone making a clone of her and stuff, but she didn't seem very upset about it either. Right. And that was a Lida. Oh, that's what I meant. Lida. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think they're going to have a problem raising the kids. Um, I did find it, you know, if, if, uh, Lida actually ended up staying dead, I, you know, obviously Seg would have stayed with Nissa. Right. You can see that. Yeah. But, um, I don't know uh, that look on her face when, you know, Lida and, uh, and Seg get reunited that, uh, that look that Nissa gave was priceless though. Let's talk about how the badass, the, the biggest badasses in this show for fighting are the three women, Jada, Nissa and Lida are just the straight up badasses to when they came to fighting like seg tried to do a couple things every once in a while but usually got his <laughs> ass handed to him uh what's his face um uh uh, uh strange adam strange never won a fight and he ends, he ends up getting his back broken to the point where he has to get his comic book um accurate looking costume from seg's grandfather which i can't think of his name at the moment val val yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you know there was that. Um, what's his fa- uh, Seg's best friend ends up becoming a li- like becomes a good like battlefield strategist, battlefield guy. But I don't. You don't really see him fight. But and then he gets blown up. Anyway. And then he gets blown up at the end. <laughs> well, he sacrifices himself. Um, yeah. But to see, we already saw Jada and uh, Lyda. Like they're they're great at it. especially since Lyda like learned from Jada but then when like this season Nissa just went out like she's she has a knife in her hand people are dying yeah (laughs) and uh for those who didn't watch the show um they just dropped basically a little brief dialogue that uh she got military training and and pretty much uh how to fight and yeah she's a total badass yeah like uh, in the last episode when she's on the battlefield uh taking on the what is the name of the elite forces the the fighting forces the Sagittarius the Sagittarius uh, yeah yeah they're coming at her in like in their body armor and all that stuff and she's just spinning around got you know, taking out using the knife to take out like weak points between joints and stuff like that it's like damn snapping necks like left and right <laughs> yeah she it was I, I just wanted to, I just thought that was a cool thing for them to do in the show yeah i absolutely loved it i lost my shit when i saw her you know just kicking ass left and right (laughs) and um also one of the best uh things and it sucks that it was very short-lived was when um uh was when brainiac was inside of segel and you know they were uh they were escaping um I guess a giant military fortress where Zod was and he's like, all right, you know, three meters to your left. And like, you start, you know, killing people left and right. That was awesome too. Yeah. Yeah. And also, um, when they were on Kulu, it was awesome that Brainiac was uh, actually, you know, adapting to the way Loa was fighting and, you know, he was able to counter him. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I know that was, that was pretty awesome too. Like when you first saw like, so at the at the end of that first episode, I think it's the end of the first episode when 
you see uh, Seg, like he's ready to just straight up box uh, Brainiac because he's like, all right, let's do this kind of thing. And he does the whole <laughs> arm cocking thing. Yeah. Um, and then you see the next episode when he meets up with uh, Adam, he's like, oh, yeah, I defeated Brainiac over there. And then they go and look and Brainiac's just like splayed in half, like opened up. Did you really think that he killed it? I did. I was like, oh, I can't believe he defeated Brainiac. That's pretty fucking badass. Yeah, I thought so too. Come to find out he did not defeat Brainiac. Brainiac just got inside of him. (laughs) Did did you think that he was uh, expelled when they were going up against Lobo? Uh, No. Yeah. I mean, every time they thought they got rid of Brainiac out of him, like it just he was able to come back. I mean, that's kind of what Brainiac is, though. So that that was pretty cool. Yeah. And then, you know, he was the backseat driver as well for a while. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> oh, sorry. Um, Lobo having to go was with his uh, his bounty was for Brainiac. That was pretty cool. Um, it, when he is just a hand and he starts growing back from it. That was unbelievable. Uh, I didn't think his uh, regeneration powers would have worked that way, but okay. <laughs> I don't think it does either. I don't see why it would. Why wouldn't he just grow back his head on the other body? But maybe he can consciously decide which, but which body part he wants to be into. Maybe that would make sense. Yeah, uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, like you said, we got the, the, we got the backstory to doomsday. Now that's not the story that's canon for comic books. At least the last time they made doomsday. Uh, but it was still a cool backstory. Yeah. Um, the Zods and the L's, you know, worked on this. So that part is kind of true. Mad scientists working on a, you know, a specimen and, you know, mutating it multiple times. That's kind of canon, but yeah, the Zods and the L's, uh, teamed up in this to create doomsday well that too but it was also a baby like they the, yeah. the the mad scientist had a baby that he just kept throwing into pits or killing and stuff like that over and over until it became doomsday this was a this was a kryptonian that was like or kandarian that was like oh we need you so that you can protect kandar from from enemies and stuff like that and uh and then they just kept killing they injected him with something and kept killing him over and over until he so that he would adapt and that was like okay I mean, I, I still enjoyed that story. It, it, it still kind of fit. Yeah. <laughs> um, what'd you think of, uh, 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 what's what Joxor? So the, you know, they had changed Joxor from male to female into the show. She was the kind of the head of the revolution. Uh, she eventually oversteps by killing what we thought was Lyda at the time ends up being a clone of Lyda, but, did you think she overstepped? Do you think she did what she needed to do? I mean, when you're a small, you know, rebellion like that, that was a bad move, man. <laughs> they, they they obviously, um, you know, they have more men than you. They have a uh, bigger gun power than you. Why would you do that? Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously, you, d- you didn't win over anything with your troops either. So, uh Yeah. Because at that point, what they're taking uh, Nissa side, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which she, unfortunately she had to play both sides because you know 
her child, which at the time, what was what was the child? The child's name was Corvax. Corvax, yeah. Uh, they had to switch it, or they eventually switch it when Cameron, or not Cameron, but Seg meets up with Nessa, and they're like, "Oh, it's going to be a new beginning." So now it's going to be uh, Jor El. That was interesting too when the Brainiac programming, I guess, took over the hologram version of Valex or Valel. Uh, yeah, and I mean, which made complete sense. He's a computer. Yeah, he uh, uh, used that to call his ship, and then he beamed himself onto a ship. Yeah. Um, did you think that uh, Seg was going to join forces with Brainiac again to stop Zod? Uh, for a second, yes, I thought that's what he was going. He's like, "Oh, I'll just have to do this. I'll have to sacrifice myself." But I'm glad he didn't. Yeah, me too. Um, anything else you want to talk about the show? I mean, like we said, we loved it. It's unfortunate that it's been canceled. Yeah, it's a shame. Hopefully, you know, DC Universe picks it up or, uh, you know, goes to a, a different streaming service. It's, uh, it needs to go on. At least for one more season, just so we can see where they wanted to end it. Yeah, tie all the loose ends. Yeah. Uh, all right, so then we're going to go to the prequel to Batman that's over on Epics, Pennyworth. Um, see, episode three was all about... Uh, essentially, it was well. We introduced Martha Kane, so Bruce's mother, uh, into the show. She is a part of the No Name Society, which I think we have we established that that Thomas Wayne was also a part of the No Name Society, or I'm sorry, No Name League. It's the Raven Society, the No Name League. Um, can't say. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if they actually ever said. Well, they kind of did at the end of the second episode when that police that officer oh, right. officer came up and said that someone's gonna you know come up to you and they're gonna make you an offer. I think that they were supposed to imply that that Thomas Wayne was part of the No Name League. So then you had Martha Kane show up and be like, "Hey, I need your assistance in getting this scientist who's very much supposed to be Alan Turing, but we're not going to use the name Alan Turing." Uh, out of jail and out of the country with his computer. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it was, it was, it was another great episode. I thought you, you saw uh, Alfred take care of his money problem because they decided to give him was a 10,000 quid to do the job uh, that he had to do. First it was five, five pounds a day, which was already insane apparently and then uh ten thousand quid to get him out of the situation that they were in and he was was enough for him to pay for a lease on a new place now was it an office or was it an apartment building i couldn't tell for two years an apartment building i think it was an apartment too but it seemed like there was enough space to maybe put in an office too okay but i'm not sure all I can think about with this show, too, is the idea of Esme. Um, everything we know about with 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 Alfred in the comic books, or at least you know in modern comic books, he doesn't have a wife and didn't didn't have one when he before he coming to uh, uh, be with the Waynes. So, are we setting ourselves up for a big death with her? I think so, man, and it and it sucks because it's gonna it's gonna hurt when she dies. Yeah, I mean she's put in peril a lot in the show. Yeah. Uh, so her going to be 
killed and that's going to be the the reason why like Alfred goes with the Waynes to America to be their butler is going to be very sad. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, could you could you picture this this Alfred this one that we're watching right now being a butler and caretaker for for Bruce Wayne? No, <laughs> right? It it seems like it's going to be completely out of left field for that character. Yeah, um, unless you know, yeah. I even then in Gotham when he goes, you know, with them. Maybe, you know, he has to just protect baby, uh, baby Bruce, and that's pretty much it. Snap, maybe no snapping necks. Maybe snaps one neck, but that's about it. But I don't know, man. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't see him as, uh, you know, the guy that's eventually going to raise our Bruce Wayne. Yeah. At least right now, anyway. I could see them, what they do is they, like, they, I mean, this would be, like, three seasons down the line or something. Um, when Martha and Thomas have met, they married, they're going to have a baby. They have the baby. They show it to Alfred. Alfred, they're like, hey, can we get you to be his bodyguard for a little bit Like while we're, we're tending to these other things? And then you know, he just becomes infatuated with the baby. And then uh, when they go to America, they, he comes with them, not intending to be a butler, but he doesn't go with them the night of the the um the the killing the wayne's killing and then he's like okay well now i gotta be his the kid's butler and and protector gotcha yeah that could work too yeah i could see it that way happening but i don't i really because the tension between alfred and his father which is really baffling to me at this point because we we don't get a lot of the backstory we do have a little bit now because we find out that you know alfred's father beat both alfred and his mother yeah i guess um, but it's like, <laughs> what does his dad think he's going to do? He, this dude has been to, to war and he kills people on a reg. <laughs> like, uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. Mom and dad can hold their own as we saw in the first episode when they were kicking ass, but I don't think he's going to be able to, to beat Alfred at this point. Yeah. Not going to be able to at all. <laughs> uh, I mean, it is definitely a, I would definitely say the the argument that the two of them had in this episode is a one of the big reasons why Alfred needed to go get his own place and ends up getting his own place in this this episode. Yeah, yeah, I, that makes a lot of sense too. Yeah, um, and then our part B story. I just uh, with the part B story, uh, the dude playing the Irishman or oh, Scott Davy Boy. Yeah, holy shit, man! That uh. That was a really good fucking scene. Dude, he threw a loaded gun at a dude. <laughs> I know. I know, but I'm saying like emotional, you know. Emotional. Oh, no, yeah, no, it's completely emotional. And I, and I was like, you know, I mean, did they, did, I mean, people, soldiers now don't talk about PTSD all that much. Like it's, it's, it is more common for us to talk about it, but they didn't, they don't, they don't talk about it themselves. You got to imagine back then it was even less common. And I know what during World War II, it was, it was called shell shocked, but it's, ooh, it's a, it's a, it's a thing. And he is suffering. And his, yeah. his buddy doesn't know what to do with him at this point. Yeah. But his buddy, you know, being the good buddy lets it slide. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he yells at him. He's like, dude, you need to get your shit fixed. You need to fucking talk to someone. You need to do something. Uh, but then he does it, it. It seems like he's turning his back on him, but he comes back and he's like, Hey, I'm sorry. Like, 
yeah. It, you know, we it's what we had we what we went through, and I know. Um, yeah. Did you think? Did you think that uh, when he when him and Esme broke up that he was going to go with the uh, the bartender's daughter? Yeah. <laughs> so did I. I'm surprised it didn't happen. I know. Does not that type of man? Yeah, it's good. Good. Uh, does Esme or not Esme? Does Davy Boy and I don't even I can't I can't remember what the other friend's name is. But do they own that bar? I think they just hang out there. So they were, they, but they just happen to be there at the end of the night. Yeah, like after closing and stuff. Yeah, or they might know the owner or something, but I don't think that they actually own it. That's the bar that they that Alfred met Esme at, right? Is that the, is that the bar that that Alfred works security at? Yeah, that's that bar. It's that same bar. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Once again, this this show does not shy away from showing boobs. Nope. <laughs> uh. Oh, we got to meet Esme's father, who told Alfred that straight up that he wasn't good enough for her. Yep. Uh, and uh, it's crazy how he's like, yeah, the only reason why she li- uh puts up with your shit and she likes you is because you're an animal and she likes that darkness inside of you yeah she you like she likes the danger and she's going through that phase right now yeah uh so yeah um this show was great um we we see that he's getting funding oh we saw fucking the head of the raven society guy well not the head but the the raven society guy that got captured we saw him and his nose get fucking cut off and then they showed that and i was like what the fuck that was brutal as hell. That was bad. I mean, I wonder if they're gonna try and make it so that he's he's some some version of a, a Batman character. I hope not, but we'll see if they do. Um, there was that. There was uh the, the psych. What's her name? What's the crazy lady that got out of jail? A bet. Bet. Yeah, bet bet. Yeah, bet. So her and her sister essentially turned some old elderly couple into their slaves while they hid out in their house. Like <laughs> that was weird in itself. Um, you're uh, yeah, you're absolutely right that the sister is just you know batshit crazy as bet is. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that was that was all pretty insane. Uh, anything else you want to say about the show? Yeah, so uh, last week we said how, uh, you know, we weren't sure if uh, they did uh, public execution still. Oh, that's right. Uh, so we want to retract that. Um, so, yeah, apparently they did uh, public executions, public hangings in uh, the London area till 1965. And then uh, the last one uh, known public execution in uh, Ireland was in 1969. That's insane. That's just insane. Um, yeah, so... There's your little bit of history, but I still think I don't think they did disembowelments in 1965, though. Come Probably on. not. That's too barbaric. <laughs> That's a little too barbaric. Uh, last thing I wanted to bring up: it's not about Pennyworth. It was I finally finished season three of Jessica Jones. I couldn't okay. I couldn't believe where the show went. It definitely went in a direction of Jessica versus uh, Patty Patsy. Um, oh wow! Yeah, that's it was pretty insane. The season was really good. Um, it sucks that the show is done. That that whole universe is done. It ended with a nice little teaser of uh, 
Purple Man. I don't nice. think I don't think it meant anything like they were setting it up for season four of Purple Man coming back, but it was it was still showing that Purple Man is inside of Jessica's head, so that was pretty cool. But yeah, um, it's unfortunate that whole world's gone and we aren't going to see more of it. All right. Uh, okay, if you have anything you'd like to talk about for uh, these shows that we talked about or these stories that we talked about today, you can get a hold of me. I'm on Twitter at Mitchipedia, G-E-M. G-E-M stands for Geek Elite Media. Daniel is also on Twitter as? Super Commie Daniel. The rest of Geek Elite Media is at Geek Elite Media on Twitter, at Geek Elite Media on Instagram. Facebook.com forward slash Geek Elite Media is our Facebook page. And geekelitemedia.com is our website. Check out archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on the Geek Elite Media Network. But until next time, this is Televised Heroics on the Geek Elite Media Network saying always remember to geek out. This concludes our broadcast. Ben, why should anybody listen to Blockbuster Mentality? I mean, seriously, why should any of these people that we've interrupted while they're listening to their favorite podcast check us out or even turn off this show and go straight to our show? That's a great question, Dave. People should listen to us because we point out the most important details of movies and television. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about the really important stuff like Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru in Star Wars. What exactly are their living quarters underground? But it's not just that, Ben. We produce high quality audio that is exactly right Dave because we will have my daughter interrupt us on every single episode <laughs> and we have an amazing stars in popcorn rating system we measure on quality and entertainment value listen to blockbuster mentality every Monday on all major podcast platforms and connect with us on Twitter at blockbustercast. so grab some popcorn grab some snacks we'll catch you guys at the movies <laughs> <laughs>